Well, hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside my co-host, Hank and Dichter, and the girl who talks sports, Sam Cardona. Sam, Hank, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. We got them. The anticipation begins. We are Big Blue Avenue going to see the New York Giants play the Chicago Bears. I'm excited. (laughs) And I have a little fun fact. I believe since this show came into fruition, I don't think all three of us have been in the stadium at the same time. I know, Tom, you and I were both at week one, 2021. So this is, as Bob Barker would have said often, a historic moment. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, we're all going to be together. This is going to be awesome to watch the Giants play the Bears. But first, before we talk about the Giants playing the Bears, we will briefly recap Monday Night Football. I know that has come and passed. Hank and I did a little recap video. Um, Sam will get your takeaways, and we'll talk about the Sterling Shepard injury and then reveal our Giants player of the week. But before we go into any of that, make sure you go check us out on all of our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue, and shout out Review and Preview Sports. This is a sub-show of that brand. And BetUS is our proud sponsor of Big Blue Avenue. You can sign up with our promo code below at join125, get a 125% sign-up bonus, place all those bets from your mobile device on the go, anywhere, anytime. That is BetUS, America's number one favorite sports book where the game begins. Um, all right, so we have our first comment of the evening from Zvi Mizari. I hope I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. I apologize. Saying, let's go. Uh, he commented at 623. The guy was ready to go <laughs> half an hour before the show. <laughs> Shout out to Zvi. Ben Cruz. Cruz. What's up, guys? Heading home from Boston. Hope you all doing good. and Good luck to your Giants Sunday. Thank you, Safe Ben. Safe travels, Ben. Steve Amendola. Uh, yes, we did get the date wrong on the uh, uh, title. <laughs> Thank you very much for correcting us, Stephen. Appreciate you. Um, it, it's it's been a, it's been a long week. It has certainly been a long week. We will yeah. edit that after the show. Um, Mike Diggler saying we have to run early versus the Bears to open up play action. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much for your comment. By the way, um, we'll get to the Bears game in a little bit, but Sam. Your biggest takeaway from the Cowboys game on Monday Night Football, I know you were fuming. Um, I didn't know what I was watching at points of the game, and it just looked like Daniel Jones was running for his life the entire game. Uh, it was very, very frustrating. Absolutely. I mean, I I texted you guys, and I was like, what is this mess that I'm seeing right now? The offensive line didn't show up. They weren't there. Um, Daniel Jones, I feel like, actually did perform fairly well for the amount of pressure that he was under. I mean, he was taken off a bunch of times, which obviously we don't want him to do. But he was really trying and holding his own, and I respect him for that. I think he had, a, considering the you know circumstances, he had a fairly good game. Um, and I know we're going to talk about Shep's injury but, oh, my God, I don't even know what happened there. He wasn't touched. He wasn't hit in any kind of way. And, like, we know Shep's kind of back and forth with injuries. It kind of happens all the time. But, like, out of all the things to do, it's just you're just running, and then all of a sudden you just grab your knee. And I was like, why is this happening right now? It's just so frustrating. But 
I mean, we put a lot of um, confidence into this team this week. I think um, we were really feeling like this is something that could happen and we could play the Cowboys on prime time and win. Um, I just, it, it just was not a good game whatsoever. There were very few good takeaways to take away from it, in my opinion, um, apart from the select few things. But, I mean, it was just... I was expecting this to be a really good game, and it just was falling apart in front of our eyes. So I was very disappointed, um, but props to Daniel Jones for doing his best. Yeah, absolutely. And, Hank, I see you're wearing the white Color Rush jersey uh, a week late, unfortunately. But, uh, you're <laughs> you're better than black me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any giant stuff on tonight. It kind of just went over my head. Me um, either. Yeah, so it, it, at least you have one up on both of us. but. <laughs> Well, um, not your same jersey, the goat. LT, yeah. that that that's right. Um, I think Hank and I think you and I both agree. Leonard Williams was missed greatly oh, big in this time. game. He is big the time. most important player on that defense, even over X, in my opinion. Oh my gosh, absolutely! Leonard Williams is one of the pillars of that defense, and he's been he has been pretty much since. 2020 so yeah I think it was definitely a great loss and you know not to mention the fact that of all the games for him to be missing it had to be this one against the Cowboys and the injury had to have been pretty bad for him to really be sitting out because like I said my biggest memory with Leonard Williams even if like something happens afterwards will always be that he played nearly the entire second half of last year with a, with a broken elbow. And Mm -hmm. he could have like, he could have mailed it in called it quits during what was a really historically bad giant season, but he's a gamer. So yeah, that hit his body must've been taking a lot of hits over the course of a good amount of time. So I think I see why he sat out that game and nonetheless, it really hurts. And we have a lot of comments in the comment section. Thank you all for commenting, by the way. We're going to get to those in just a moment, folks. Um, also, like and share the show. It helps with the algorithm. We get noticed more if you're watching here on Facebook or our YouTube channel. We're streaming on two YouTube channels now, Big Blue Avenue and Review and Preview Sports. If you're following one and not the other, go check out the other as well. We have some awesome content on there. Um, Sam, to answer your question from a few moments ago about Shepard's injury, Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I personally think it's a simple two-word answer. Natural grass could have easily prevented this injury. All these players, even though Odell was – and I am not no Odell fan at all. <laughs> you guys know that. Um, and I agree with what he said about why can't we just play on grass. It just doesn't make sense. The turf management at MetLife has been horrible since Dominic Hickson's gruesome injury back in 2010. It's been that bad. I mean, how many times have we talked about this? How many times have we talked about the turf? And not even just a giant stadium, like literally across the entire league. Like just give people jobs and have people take care of the lawns and take care of the regular grass. Like there's not a downside to this. I don't understand. It's so, it's so terrible. Also ask the 49ers how they felt about playing back-to-back games on that turf in 2020. Oh yeah. Not good at all. Um, Now I want to ask you all this question. Sterling Shepard was the leading receiver here this year as a motorcycle. (laughs) 
presumably you drive by my house. Uh, get out of here, man. Um, <laughs> um, Shepard's the longest tenured player, seventh year on the team. You know, he's been a great locker room guy. Has he seen his last as a New York football giant? My answer to that is unfortunately yes. Yeah, I mean – out of all the injuries he's had and never really being able to make it through a season. And I mean, this, this time around, like week three, really, we're, we're really making it this far, buddy. Come on. Like at least let's make it to week seven or eight. But um, yeah, it's unfortunate. And our, I feel like after this year, our wide receiver core is like going to get a full makeover um, with everything that's going on there. So, I mean, we love chef. We really do, but it's just, Money-wise, it might not even be worth it anymore. I'll tell you one thing. Everyone's talking about, you know, Bachman. Bachman doesn't want to come back to the Giants. He he doesn't want to be here. Um, He denied the offer to the practice squad. They'd have to overpay to sign Cole Beasley off the Bucks practice squad. So if you're talking about a replacement for this guy, it's within your own locker room. It's Richie James. It's Wandale Robinson, who you invested a second-round pick in. It's Mm -hmm. Kadarius Toney. But before – you know, we kind of speculate, Hank, what's your answer to this question? Unfortunately, the answer to that is yes. And I, I, I just, I can't help but feel bad for the guy. I mean, the fact that he's had a number of health problems over the years, and then not to mention he came, his rookie year was like 2016 and look how much he's dealt with since coming to the giants. Like, that injury couldn't have happened to like anyone. I couldn't have felt bad for like any one foot or to get injured more than Saquon or sorry, Sterling Shepard. Gosh, why am I, I? I was, I was trying to think of the positives. That's why I was had Saquon Barkley in my head, but yeah. And in any event, no, I don't know that he's going to be playing again. That was just another serious knee injury. Mm-hmm. And Hopefully he does find a way to bounce back, even if it's elsewhere. But yeah, it, mm. it, that was just such a crusher for me. I would root for Shep, whatever team he was on, honestly. His career is not over by any means. I just Absolutely. think it's done with the Giants. Last yeah. year, deal, new regime. Uh, yeah. Very unfortunate. Get well soon, Sterling. Absolutely. A um, few comments here. Uh, the Coughlin curse. Uh, yeah, that's that's a very, very good point. Um Again, I don't know if Tom Coughlin cursed the Giants. I think it's more the MetLife turf, but, you know, I, injuries seemed to happen once Coughlin's downfall started to happen. And, again, it really wasn't Coughlin's downfall. It was the team's downfall, hmm. more or less. I'd even attribute that to Jerry Reese. It was Jerry Reese's downfall. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're looking at the wrong guy to blame for, like, the Giants being cursed. <laughs> Mike says, good evening. Uh, also, Jimmy, thank you for this comment as well. Why didn't Barkley see the ball after his touchdown? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. The run blocking is a lot better than the pass blocking. I'll tell you that much. Um, Bohannon and Odigizua were not getting it done on the run defense. So, I don't know. Did I expect this game to be high scoring? Shout out, Harold. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Um, no. I thought that, that the, the, the score was almost correct. I just thought it would be kind of yeah. flipped. There were 30 what? 39 points scored in the game and the over under was 39 and a half. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you're in the hopper picking the under, you know, <laughs> you're biting your nails there at the end. Um, 
Another comment from Ben. Hope Shepard has a speedy recovery. Hate injury so much. That one reminded me of Julian Edelman's torn ACL in preseason yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. I remember that. I yeah, I think our scores were pretty similar during the predictions last week, no? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We were all in the 20s and low low 20s. Um, Barkley and Jones had a good game. Andrew Thomas had a good game. Everyone else on the offense wasn't great. Bellinger was okay. He kind of fell asleep in the second half, in my opinion. Um, you know, had those four catches for 40 yards. Daniel Jones had the most pressures of his career, 24. You can't blame this game on Daniel Jones at all. Um, people who are blaming it on Daniel Jones have, have, have no place to blame it on him. You know, you have to blame it on the offensive line. You have to blame it on the receivers dropping passes. Kenny Galladay is the worst free agent signing in Giants history. <laughs> free um, agent history. Yeah. You could even argue that far. And um, Demarcus Lawrence now has 10 sacks and 14 career games against the Giants. Yeah, and I was looking up a lot of the free bad free agent science signings in Giants history, and it's funny when you think of free agent signings that turned out to be failures. The Giants really don't have that many, but you know, I the only one I could really remotely think of that was even close to Kenny Galladay would have probably been Lavar Arrington in two thousand six, yeah. and even then they found a way to get rid of him not long afterward. And even then, I don't remember Lavar. Arrington having such a such an attitude problem. And I don't remember him being as lazy as uh, Kenny Galladay was, a la Albert Hainsworth with the uh, Washington. Well, yeah, I still that team. Uh, yeah, we that. just call them that team at this point. It seems like their their name is changing every other week. Um, but another guy, at least Nate Solder, was a captain for two years, right? Yeah, that's why Only I didn't really think player. Nate Solder. Yeah. Not to mention he at least lasted a good amount of time with the Giants. All right. So um, we're going to get to our Giants player of the week. I think it's pretty obvious who it is, no? Um, Hank, you made the graphic this week, so I'll let you handle this one. Um, Explain why we picked number 26 as our New York Giants player of the week. This one really wasn't a contest. I mean, that 36-yard touchdown rush – was really all we needed to see to make that decision. But, you know, for the sake of the show, I'm going to go more detailed than that. He also had four catches for 45 yards. So he led the Giants in total yards with 126. And, you know, about that 36-yard touchdown rush, he went against eight defenders in the box, and he gained more 31 more rushing yards than he was expected on that carry. So... That was pretty impressive, and you know, right now he's the second leading rusher in the NFL with 307 rushing yards, and he's averaging six yards per carry. So, if you're going to watch the Giants for the offense this year, there's really only one reason to do so, and that's nothing obviously against the quarterback, but it's it's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, another great performance by Saquon. Um, Sam, when you heard about that 36-yard touchdown, I don't know about you, I was jumping for joy. I was very excited. I'm like, all right, we're in it, but fortunately it wasn't enough. Yeah, no, I was I was stoked. And, I mean, every week I feel like we're also just excited to see Saquon being, like, back to his prime. So mm-hmm. we, I, I feel like I was just really excited just to see him being able to do that. And the fact that he is now, like, the pillar of our offense when in the past it was not that. 
I'm just happy that that's happening. Why? I, who was it that that mentioned that before about the um, uh, the, him not seeing the ball after his touchdown? Um, I, like I don't understand why they're not utilizing him the way that like the Titans utilized Derrick Henry Jimmy is. Mm-hmm. Was it Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I it's correct. Like, like I don't understand why we aren't one of the running offensive teams. Like, it, it, like we should be that team. And yes, we should start working on our receivers and obviously get better at that. But utilize him. He's here. He's back. He's better than ever. Let's right. let's utilize him to the best of our abilities and get six on the board as much as possible. Agree, hundred percent. And there's a few more comments here. Um, Oh, shout out Alec Walt from Down the Block Sports. Make sure to go check out his YouTube channel. He's very close to 1,000K subs, so let's uh, support Alec Walt as well. Huge fan of ours. Um, Such a good feeling knowing Kenny G and I finished Monday's game with the same event. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, All four of us combined. Kenny drop a day. That's what we're going to I love that. I love that, Tom. Um, Steven says Giants need to get Kenny G, Tony, and Slayton going. Barkley will definitely have a good game against the Teddy Bears. <laughs> the teddy bears I agree. Um, Steven, we're going to have a Bears fan on in just about 11 minutes from now. She's going to come on. We're going to preview the game. We're very excited to have her. We've had her before. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for that comment. And Jimmy Hayes says first-time listener. Shout-out, Jimmy. Appreciate you. Hope uh, we're entertaining you here Thanks, on this Jimmy. Thursday night. Um Unfortunately, next man up rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They did Coughlin wrong, hundred um, percent. What hits harder, losing to Dallas or losing to Dallas's backup QB? To me, it's just losing to Dallas. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I kind of respect Cooper Rush in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a good quarterback, and he's not lost a game yet. Exactly. Exactly. I respect him. Oh yeah, losing to Dallas. That's not um, even. Yeah. yeah, I never want to lose to Dallas, um, especially when they, that team travels so well and they're in the stadium chanting towards the end of that game. It hurts. It definitely hurts. Didn't it just make you sick to your stomach to see like those two fans and those oversized cowboy hats celebrating after one of those touchdowns? No. Are they scared to overuse Barkley? I don't think so. Um, I just think they got a little too cute with the game plan. The defense couldn't really stop Dallas's offense. Again, not having Leonard Williams was huge. I think at that point uh, they wanted to get Daniel Jones going at that point. Um, But the pressure was just too much. The Giants were getting behind the sticks. They were in positions where they had to throw the football because they couldn't get ahead of the sticks, which I think minimized the usage of Saquon Barkley, if that answers the question, Jimmy. Um, Again, appreciate you commenting. Um, Yeah, it's tough. But I think the biggest takeaway is the Giants are still a young, rebuilding football team. They're Mm -hmm. still above 500, 2-1. And, and hell, I'll say it, I still think there's a chance they can compete for a wild card spot this year. I think they'll be in the discussion up until the very end of the season. I think we could all agree on that, right? Um, I, I have this team winning eight games now. Originally had seven. Um, let's get to some of the week four transactions that took place. Nothing too crazy. 
the Giants waived Antonio Williams, the running back, and terminated Chuck Wiley from the practice squad. They placed Sterling Shepard on season-ending IR. They elevated defensive back Fabian Moreau to the active roster. They re-signed defensive back Elijah Griffin and wide receiver Makai Pope to the practice squad. And also today, the Giants terminated the contract of international offensive tackle Roy Embedica and re-signed Antonio Williams to the practice squad. So uh, just a, a lot of politics involved with that as far as moving pieces around throughout the week. Um, you know, Giants business is tough, especially when you're dealing with all these injuries. But I'm just going to say one thing. Shane Lemieux needs to come back. <laughs> Bad. Bad. This interior line needs him. Um, I don't expect to get Nick Gates back this year, but we need Shane Lemieux. We absolutely need that man. I think he's an upgrade over Ben Bredesen. We didn't even see a Zudu in a game. Um, luckily, the Bears have a poor interior line. I think Eddie Goldman retired, and I don't know what the deal is with Akeem Hicks, but um, we'll talk to Caitlin about that. Bilal Nichols left the team, I think, as well. So Bears interior D-line is not too great. Giants should be able to run the football down Chicago's mouth on Sunday as we get into our preview of the game. And I just want to ask this, Sam, how are both of these teams two and one? How <laughs> in the world are both of these teams two and one? I Okay, just to start off, I love when we play the Bears, not only just because we know so many Bears fans and it's like fun to go head to head, but I feel like the Giants and the Bears are some of the most similar teams in the NFL. So, like, when mm-hmm. we go up against each other, it's like, okay, which one of these teams that's literally going through the same stuff as us um, is going to be the better team? So I always feel like it's a good gauge when we play the Bears. Um, how they're 2-1, and one, I have no idea. <laughs> I definitely would have thought that the Bears would be 0-3 at this point and probably wouldn't have been surprised if the Giants were the same. But I, I it's it's – very interesting. I mean, Justin Fields is a great quarterback in a very bad situation, but he seems to be working it as best he can. And the, the, it's just the weirdest thing in the world. But here we are going into week four with two, two and one teams. I like that you brought up the similarities between the Giants and the Bears. Cause like, I always thought they were similar in the sense that they're both two of the oldest franchises in the NFL. And there are also two teams that have been historically known for having really good defenses. I mean, you have the giants, you have the big, big blue wrecking crew, Mm -hmm. the bears and like, I don't know, like the sixties were the monsters of the midway. And obviously everybody knows about the legendary 85 bear squad. So Yeah. yeah. In that sense, like even though the bears and it's kind I kind of feel the same way about the Packers too. I never really, despise them even though they're like you know semi giants rivals to an extent because they played a lot of big games against each other i just always thought it was cool that they like have the sim- the same similar history with the giants and also they both play in two of the biggest media markets in football new york and chicago so mm-hmm. there's that going for them and another thing that really is all that's often been interesting about the giants and the bears games have you i i think you i don't know if you guys have noticed but like Every time we play each other, it's usually the home team that wins. Because I think the last time we lost to them at home, I want to say that was the Devin Hester game. When Jay Feely missed the field goal. Yeah. Hester took it all the way to the end zone. That was a while ago, actually, now that I think of it. 2006. 
Yeah, I was going to say Joe, Jay Feely on the field. That's well, Yeah, and then the last time we beat them in Chicago was a year later. That was the Ruben Drones game. So the Giants have lost the last three matchups against the Bears. Um, they've played – they played 2019, they played 2020, and they played last year. Um, we won that overtime game back in 2018, 30-27. That was the year the Bears went 12-4, and four, but – I think what's really cool about this weekend, Hank, you mentioned the old school rivalry. The Giants will be wearing old school uniforms, the 80s and 90s uniforms. I don't know about you. I might have to crank out the old LT jersey that I got, the Super Bowl 25 patch. That's the only jersey I have that resembles what the Giants will be wearing. I have a few of those. The OG LT jersey is obviously in the OG studio back in New York, but... The my, the other two jerseys that I have that are similar, I have a Carl Banks, as you probably know. I recently got a Harry Carson, and I also recently got a Michael Strahan jersey of the model that they are currently wearing those in. So mm, yeah, nice. those, are, those have, are, have always been my favorite of the Giants' old school uniforms. So they have the um, like the trim on the sleeves now, right? Like that's what, the, yes, what they're going to be wearing? Why don't they just make that their regular jerseys? And I also love how inside one of the collars it says, once a Giant, always a Giant. Does it really? Yes. I love that. Well, it's a Mara. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. But the Bears do lead the all time series 36 24 to 2. Mm. Uh, Giants are just 13 18 and 2 against the Bears at home. They are favored by three and a half points, though. And this Bears offense is disgusting. They are not good at all. Um, I don't think we're going to see another 29 to three game that we saw last year at soldier field. This is not Mike Lennon. Daniel Jones is not going to only complete four passes. I can guarantee you that much. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since the giants beat the bears 2018, that game we mentioned the bears, they're coming off a win against the Houston Texans 23 to 20 at home. The Texans only one of two NFL teams that have not won a game yet. That's not a very convincing win for me. If I'm Chicago, Uh, You have two first-year head coaches, Brian Dable against Matt Eberflus, so offensive mind against defensive mind. And, Sam, you mentioned the similarities. The Bears' defense gives up 19 points per game. Giants' defense gives up 19.7 points per game. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm literally saying that. It's the craziest thing that they are so similar in so many aspects. Yeah. Um But, yeah, I mean, when we talk about this game, I think stopping the run is going to be huge, though. I think if the Bears do one thing well, offensively, it's run the football because we saw David Montgomery go down last week, and Khalil Herbert took off. The Bears had 281 rushing yards. That was most in a single game for them since 1984. Khalil Herbert had 157 of those yards and two touchdowns. That guy's a one-cut runner who loves the outside zone runs, and the Bears run the football 65% of the time. That's the most in the, in the NFL. And their offensive line isn't as bad as it used to be. I think that's what saves them a little bit as far as running. I think their O-line is similar to ours, except they don't have two bookend tackles. I'll give you that. I think their guards are better than their tackles. And Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins, uh, those guys are very good run blocking. And that's why the Bears lead the NFC with 560 rushing yards that's definitely a concern especially with leo not practicing today that's one area that i'm like oh shit like that's a lot of pressure on dexter lawrence 
Tay Crowder might be the worst linebacker I've seen wear a Giants uniform. No offense uh, with the way he played uh, Monday night against Dallas. Um, acting like he's Superman ever since that hit to Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> now he's going in for the bulldozing head. I um, feel like uh, with this, like every single team that we've played so far this year, everything has been about stopping the run. Yeah. So like, Week one, obviously, Tennessee was Derrick Henry coming in. And then uh, week two was the Panthers and CMC last week or this past week was, you know, Zeke and Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard, we saw, was just like all over the place. So I feel like going into this week, we're we're very familiar with stopping the run. And it's something that's very easily something we can do. I know. And it's I feel like. Yes, historically, the Giants are good at stopping the run. But, I mean, number one rushing. Again, it's a small sample size, right? We can't think too much into it. I mean, hell, the Giants are third at running the football in the NFL through three weeks, 508 rushing yards. So it'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, especially if they don't have David Montgomery because that man scored twice last year against the Giants. Mm -hmm. But – we're going to bring up our guest here in just a moment. Just want to get to this comment. I think Akeem Hicks is on the Bucks, Steve. Yes. Apologies if I got that wrong. Um, Steven, this comment will be talked about another time. Um, I, I'm not going to get into this right now because this comment could be a whole show in itself. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's a bold comment. Um, in all due respect, I'd rather avoid that one for right now. But – Let's bring up our guest for the evening from the Bear Down Girl podcast, Caitlin Leaner. Uh, Caitlin, welcome hey back to the show. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Hi, Caitlin. Hey. <laughs> Very familiar face. Very familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we play every year. She was on her second ever episode of the show, if I remember correctly. Oh. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. <laughs> Look at that. Right that. Look at that. Thanks, yeah. to Gabe, thanks to Gabe Slayton. We were trying to find a Bears fan back uh, in 2020, yeah. and then Gabe reached out to you or something like that. I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, welcome. And um, I'm excited. It seems like every year the Giants play the Bears now, all of a sudden. It seems like a recurring game. Probably because they're some of the worst teams, so they end up facing each other. Through <laughs> <laughs> <Screw> that. <laughs> I want to hear from you about the Bears running game. It seems like it's been the only source of offense the first few weeks, um, especially last week. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, statistically wise, didn't have a good game, but you tell me. Um, what is it that impresses about this running game? Is it, you know, the offensive line and their combo blocks? Is it, you know, does Justin Fields play a role in that? Like, what is it about this Bears running game that has had so much success? I think it's the actual running backs we have, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I think I've always believed in them, and I just felt like in the past under Nagy, they weren't utilized enough in the offense. And I think now these new coaches are actually – I think that's also a benefit. These coaches are actually making an effort to run the football, so we're more successful at it. Um, Last week, the run blocking was really good, so I do want to give them credit. But for the most part, it's just these running backs we have and the fact that the coaches are making an effort to run the football. Hank, Sam, he's got an opening question for Caitlin. Yeah, I do. 
I do. I definitely, I, I know that you were a big Mitchell Trubisky girl uh, <laughs> when he was on the team. So obviously Justin Fields is in and, and he's, you know, doing his best, you know, how are you feeling about him right now? And, you know, what are you feeling like he's going to do for the future? So I definitely like him better than Mitchell. I'll give you that. Really? Wow. I just think Justin um, has his intangibles come into play. Like he can just kind of make magic happen sometimes with his athleticism and his legs getting outside the pocket, making big plays down the field. He kind of has that wow factor that Mitchell never really had. Mm. And so I think it just all needs to come together for him. And he still has a lot of like progression and a lot of like developing because I think in his decision-making that can be questionable at times, but for the most part, I, I mean, what I expected from him, his athleticism is kind of off the charts and it's definitely different um, for the Bears to have a quarterback with, you know, his his style and his kind of like wow factor. We're not used to like big playmakers like that at the quarterback position. Um, and I think just like he, he never kind of shies away from like big moments. Like I do see him kind of like make plays when we need it most. So he, he definitely, you know, I see the little things that are going to make a great quarterback. He just needs to develop a little bit more. Definitely. Tank. So I would, my question would be this. So with the injury to David Montgomery, do you think Khalil Herbert is going to be the one that is capable of stepping it up for the remainder of the year at running back? Absolutely. Um, even last year he had to fill in for a couple games and he did great. And when David Montgomery's hurt. So I, I feel like they're also similar in the style, of, like their style of running. Um, so it's not going to be too much of a, transition to Khalil Herbert and I think some people say like you know Herbert is a has a little bit more shiftier and is can kind of make guys miss a little bit more than maybe David like especially you know the bad weather they experienced week one it David Montgomery did not you know could not play well in those situations but Khalil Herbert could so I think I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference you know having Khalil Herbert in the lineup, I think that this run game will still just be, just be as good. Yeah. I like Khalil Herbert a lot, you know, outside zone runner. Um, a lot of people uh, label him as more of a one cut back. I sort of disagree with that. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you have any opinions on, on that or if you, if you've seen enough of him to really die, diagnose what type of running back he is. Cause I remember in the game last year, he only had two carries, but I think, the fact that you have him, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of Justin Fields. No, mm-hmm. like I don't. I don't know. Do you do you agree with the one cut stigma, like outside zone guy, or do you, do you think he has that north and south capability? No, I think he does. I just think there's not a lot of you know film on him because we haven't really used him a lot, especially last year. So I I, I do think you know he the kind of running back he is. He's kind of the guy who can make guys miss tackles basically can, he's a tough dude to get down. Like he, you know, gets a lot of yards after contact. So I, it's hard for me to make an assessment on what kind of running back he is based off of how much we've seen him. We haven't really seen him that much. Right. Um, I kind of want to get to uh, one of your keys to the game. I, I guess, Caitlin, like what is one of the keys for you, for the Bears, in order to defeat the Giants? 
on Sunday. Because obviously the Giants are an improved team with a new coaching staff, similar to the Bears, new coaching staff. Both teams cleaned house in the offseason. So both teams in a similar spot right now. So I think offensively for the Bears, I need them to get some kind of passing game going, something like more dynamics in the passing game. We, yes, still try to run the football. That should be the key. But I feel like they need to add some more big plays in the passing game just to give more diversity to this offense because if we become one one dimensional, it's just defenses are going to easily figure that out and be able to stop that. Um, for the Bears defense, I think the number one goal is to sh- um, contain Saquon Barkley because that's pretty much the Giants' whole offense at this point. Like he seems to be kind of, I don't know. From my perspective, you guys might have a you know obviously more <laughs> more uh, knowledge on this, but from what I've seen so far, he seems to kind of be back to his old form. So I feel like if he's the he's kind of the guy you want to shut down. As far as Saquon goes, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's been really good. The first few weeks, uh, second in the NFL in rushing six yards a carry, and he's had three big runs, averaging 105 yards a game. And if I'm not mistaken, I was talking about this before the show. Akeem Hicks is gone, right? Eddie Goldman retired. And yeah, then what's we have the like a whole new defensive line, basically. Paul like, Nichols is gone too, right? Yep we ha- we signed it's like Jones, Justin Jones. We signed him in free agency. Um, Dominique, we drafted. He's kind of been contributing a little bit in, in the pass rush. Um, but, yeah, our defensive line doesn't have, like, a lot of big names. Um, it's kind of like our linebackers who are kind of, like, leading the charge right now in terms of pass rush and, you know, making stops. So I'll go back to Hank and then Sam here. Hank, what's your next question? So my next question would be, The Giants and the Bears, as we've all pretty much alluded to, have a lot of similarities, especially right now if we look at the current teams. Both of them came into the season having cleaned house. How long do you think it will probably take for the Chicago Bears to improve and truly clean up on the mess that the previous regime made? So I know a lot of people are saying, like, this year is kind of just going to be a a wash for the bears. It's just kind of like a rebuild year. I think they can also still have some success because they do have a lot of big names on defense. You can make plays, Um, but offensively. So I think they can be a competitive team this year, but in terms of like really getting back into being like maybe a potential playoff team, it's probably not going to happen until at least next season, because in the off season we'll have more money to spend so obviously the goal is they need to get a number one wide receiver. This is what they're lacking. They're lacking a big playmaker in the receiving core. Um, so there's still a lot of moves that need to be made in, in terms of getting offensive playmakers. So it, it's probably going to take a year or two. Yeah, no, I definitely think you're going to need some more offensive playmakers because really no offense, but like for with looking at the bears roster, there's not a lot of names that really impress me. And no. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if I'm going to be, be picking on one of your guys, but Cole Komet, ugh, like didn't have his first catch until week three. Good lord! I think my my one thought on Cole Komet because I think he can be good for the Bears. I just don't think they use him a lot, and so finally he got some like targets last week. So if they actually, I don't know, make an effort to try to get him involved, I think he can make some plays. Um, I don't, I still don't know about him. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, back no, off that. Honest. 
The Giants have DoorDash linebackers, so I, I think he should have a decent game this week. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I mean, historically, we have we have had trouble covering line covering uh, tight ends, so let's. Not wrong. <laughs> I think all op- oppositions know that at this point, Sam. Uh, and anything else you want to ask, Caitlin? I think I just wanted to piggyback off of something that Hank was saying in his question, which was talking about the previous regime and this new regime that you have now. Like, how are you feeling about, you know, Eberflus and and Poles as your new GM? Like, are you guys feel like this is a future thing or are you feeling like, I don't know, this might not be too good? Eberflus, I'm definitely on board with. I think he he brought what he brought to the Bears is what this team needed the most discipline. Um this defense being about getting takeaways. I just think it's more organized, put together with Nagy and his his team. He, you just never knew what to expect from him. He wasn't, as always, transparent. Um, and he, there was no organization. Even players this offseason, when they talked about, you know, Eberflus, they said how they kind of know what to expect every day when they come into work. And basically, like, there's some organization with this coaching staff. So I think he he's bringing discipline. Um and great defense back to this team. So I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, he doesn't handle the offense, so it's going to be really about in seeing if Getsy can really bring Justin in this offense along. That's the big question mark for me. Ryan Poles, I think he inherited a bad situation. Um, he's trying to fix this offensive line first and foremost, um, and he's he made a ton of moves to try to do that. And I guess we'll have to wait and see this season if, if it does kind of like work out. But I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency next offseason, for sure. Sounds a lot like Joe Shane. That's all I got to say. These two teams are too, man. too much there. alike. Yeah. Too yeah. much alike. Like, historically, both of our franchises are excellent. Like, they're top of yeah. the tier franchises all time. But over the last several years, it has not been good for either of us, really. I'd say more so the Giants than the Bears. But – Kayla, my next question for you is about the bread and butter of the Bears, and it always seems to be the defense, right, the the Mm -hmm. defense. And, you know, I caught a few minutes of your podcast this week, and you were praising the defense. Um, Defensively, you spent early draft picks on guys like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. What has impressed you about each of them so far this season? I think Brisker, I was pretty high on him going into the season because it felt like he was the most pro-ready. He could definitely like fit his style of play definitely fits well with this new defense we're running Um, being like the ball Hawk safety that he is. And he's, you know, he's always, you know, around the ball. He's always making um, the tough tackles. So I'm not surprised with his play. I'm excited for him. Kyler Gordon. um, It's, it's been a struggle so far watching him because he's, he's definitely getting picked on Um, quarterbacks are targeting him. um, Trying to test him basically. And he's giving up a lot of big plays, um, not great in coverage. So I think, you know, if the Giants going into this week's game, they're going to, they probably are going to see that, okay, we should probably target him a lot because he's giving up a lot of big plays. So I think he still has a lot, a lot of um, room to grow. And um, so I I don't know about him so far. (laughs) I like your answer. Um, I'm not too big on Kyler Gordon yet. I I like Jaquan Brisker a lot more. I think he's more pro ready um, being that he played in the big 10 is where Kyler Gordon, I think came out of Washington. Right. So he was rumored to be a first round pick, but he's didn't pick till the second round this year. So I think, you know, having him slip was definitely a little bit concerning, 
But um, going back to our keys of the game here, you know, we mentioned the similarities for this team. And uh, Hank, I want to get to you here. Can you tell me what your key of the game is for the Giants as far as beating Chicago? All right. Or multiple if you have. My key to this game, oh boy, I would have to say, first and foremost, it's got to be, you know, stopping the run. I think that was definitely the Bears' strong suit in their win against the Houston Texans last week. And, you know, I think if they can stop the run, then I feel like, you know, you make the quarterback beat you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Justin Fields definitely will be a solid QB, but I think with the way this defense is, they're they're going to have trouble handling the blitz. So I think stopping the run is going to be one huge element to winning this game for the Giants. Well, so is getting off the field on third down, but I think I'm kind of over. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sam? Well, Hank took mine because I'd say that, like, my stopping the run is going to be Hank's getting off the field on third down. (laughs) But I'll just say um, probably just making sure that the offensive line, the Giants offensive line is able to stop the the Bears defense and give Daniel Jones a chance to throw the ball because that was our big – a big thing last week with the with the Cowboys, and now we're off a short week, so you know that's one less day for them to prepare. So I would just say, give give DJ a chance. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is pressuring Justin Fields because we didn't see much of that with Cooper Rush last week. And um, Caitlin, you would know best, but I think Fields is one of the more vulnerable quarterbacks in the league when it comes to throwing under pressure. Uh, he's ranked 30th among all QBs right now and completing only 51% of his passes. He also holds the ball longer than any QB in the NFL. Um, my biggest thing, though, is don't let Fields get the ball down the field to Darnell Mooney. We saw what Cooper Rush did with CeeDee Lamb last week. Uh, Mooney did score a touchdown in the Giants game last year. Um, also, fun fact, did you know that Dante Pettis is on the Bears? Fun fact. Oh, I know. <laughs> Fun fact. And, but another concern too, Caitlin, I think the receiving core for the Bears is just not great. Um, I know Velas Jones Jr. is questionable, Pringles on the IR, and then I know I'm going to butcher his name. Equinemius St. Brown leads the Bears with 77 receiving yards through three weeks. I mean – let me know if you disagree, but that's just not going to cut it in the NFL. No. Yeah. The, that's my biggest issue with this team right now is their wide receiver situation. It's kind of been my biggest mm-hmm. issue this whole off season. So it's, I mean, Darnell Mooney, he's, he struggled early on. They really, I mean, if they could get him going, that could open up this offense. Yeah. And I also think that putting pressure on Justin Fields will help the Giants defense more likely to cause turnovers. The Giants have yet to force an interception this year, three weeks in. I think that'll be very important. And obviously, Hank and Sam and myself all agree on this. We have to protect Daniel Jones. And I'm sure one key for the Bears, too, is to protect Justin Fields. But for for Jones specifically, he faced the most pressure in his three-plus-year career on Monday Night Football. And I think what Monday Night taught us all, not just as Giants fans, but as football fans, is to not judge by a quarterback solely based off statistics. So many fans do, including us, we're all a little guilty of it. But 
A lot of people do that. And I had Cowboys fans text me saying, Daniel Jones had one good game. He just couldn't get off his feet. Uh, Caitlin, what did you see from Jones Monday night? Did, did you see a guy who was really working his tail off and just couldn't couldn't get any time? It kind of sounds like Justin Fields a little bit, no? There, I I do see a lot of similarities with their situations. Um, I, I don't know if- – no offense if Daniel Jones can be the guy for you guys. I just don't I, – I don't see enough from him to kind of like I, – I, I don't know. I just think Justin, at least with him, he can provide some wow factor. I don't know what I'm getting from Daniel Jones. Interesting. Interesting. I would agree um, with that. I would agree with that. I feel I like – I don't disagree with that either. As much as – you know, we, we are Daniel Jones supporters here on this show. We, we do want to see Daniel Jones succeed because if you don't, like that's just so silly because he's your quarterback on your team. But, yeah, Justin Fields does have something else about him. And, you know, the, the run factor, the – you know, he's kind of a little bit more on the flashier side, and that's not like a bad thing in any way. But Daniel Jones, you know, shows up to, you know, games in a button-down shirt and khakis. And <laughs> he looks like he's coming from an accounting office. So it's kind of like, you know, not having that kind of quarterback is not a bad thing. I don't mind it, but I definitely, I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think Jones, he needs to try to pick on Kyler Gordon. Like you were saying, Caitlin, before Gordon has looked a little vulnerable in the first few weeks, um, similar to the Giants, their number two corner has been very vulnerable, vulnerable. It's put a lot more pressure on Dory Jackson. But, Caitlin, if you can give me one player to watch from the Bears this week and one player to watch for the Giants. Ooh, good question. Um, the Bears, one player to watch. I'd say Darnell Mooney because I we're still waiting for a breakout game from him. He hasn't really done anything in the passing game. And this whole offseason – you know, it's been talked about how Justin and Darnell worked a lot, worked out a lot during the offseason together, kind of getting on the same page. And so I kind of want to see that come to fruition in a game finally and see them and see Darnell Mooney have like a big game. Um, in terms of the Giants, um, man, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, probably Daniel Jones, because with him, I still have a lot of question marks. and And I think you know, if the defense, if I'm looking at it from a Bears fan perspective, you know, if the defense can kind of force him into bad situations or, you know, throwing interceptions, that's going to be a, a plus for us. Um, so I just, I guess just to see, get a little more understanding of what, how, how much he's developed so far. Fair. Uh, Sam, who do you got? Um, let's see. I'll do, I'll do running backs on both sides. I'll do uh Saquon Barkley on our side, just to show like he needs more, more reps. He's the one who's going to put points on the board for us. Um, it's very obvious these past three weeks that he stepped up to the plate and, mm-hmm. and we need him to do that. And I'll do Khalil Herbert on the bear side, because obviously it's kind of a similar situation where the run game for the bears is something that's really important. And it's something that we need to keep an eye on. I'm going to go with Robert Quinn from the Bears. I know he's been struggling this year. He only has one sack, which obviously is nowhere close to the total he had last year, which I believe was a single-season Bears record that was broken, one previously held by Richard Dent, if I'm mistaken. I still think he can be a threat, but if I'm going to go with Robert Quinn, then I'm going to go for the Giants side, and I feel like I've taken this guy numerous times, but i got to go with Andrew Thomas since he's probably going to be one of the guys that's going to be tasked with uh, you know trying to stop him. So 
I don't know. It's always the the Andrew Thomas against big defender XXX that always intrigues me every week. With mm-hmm. That's just me. I like those picks a lot. Robert Quinn, definitely a fierce pass rusher. For me, it's going to be Roquan Smith, though. Uh, 16 tackles last week against Houston. Two in the backfield, one pick, one pass defended. This guy's the whole package. Uh, his interception helped set up a game-winning field goal for Cairo Santos. Leads the Bears with six, uh, 36 tackles. Uh, before I get to my player watch for the Giants, K- Caitlin, I forgot to ask you about Roquan Smith. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> How important is he to this football team and how happy are you to see him back on the field? Yeah, just to mention like that game last week, he didn't practice at all leading up to that game because he's dealing with like some kind of hip injury. He was questionable to play, but showed once again that he's such a tough player and he he's all over the field. His speed is um, is what this defense needs. And um you know, he can, I think, you know, he's developed so far where he can also make plays getting takeaways and he's just such, such a fierce part of this defense. Like, you know, in the middle of the defense, it, it, he can stop any running back. So he's so important. I'm just so excited to have him playing this season. Hopefully they can extend him after the season, but he's such a superstar in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that bears defense scares me. You have Robert Quinn on the First level, Roquan on the second, and then Eddie Jackson on the third level, who has two picks already this year. So, you know, definitely veteran safety as well. Definitely a concern. But for the Giants, I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he should be able to exploit his matchup against fifth-round rookie Braxton Jones, um, starting at left tackle. Um, Can Jones and Borum contain Thibodeau and Ojolari? I'm not so sure. Caitlin, what have you seen from those two offensive tackles so far? So um, Braxton, I'm impressed with because the fact as a rookie, he was basically already our starting left tackle right from the beginning. So he developed very quickly on. Um, I think with Borum, he can be a great run blocker, but pass protection for these tackles is still a question mark. Um, This offensive line in general struggles. So that may be um, something to watch because it's still a concern for the Bears. I agree. And I do have one honorable mention for the Giants I want to throw out there. And this is a guy who I think could cause some problems on Sunday, especially now with Sterling Shepard being out, not knowing who that go-to player is going to be in the passing game, is rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger. Uh, A guy who three games, he's only caught five passes, but he has one touchdown and 51 of his 56 yards have come after the catch. Uh, really good blocking tight end as well. He's already the seventh ranked tight end on pro football focus through three weeks, which is very impressive. A guy who may have not even been in the top seven tight ends in the rookie class this year, as far as his position goes. So I'm very excited about him and what he has to offer, but moving on to the injury report, uh, we'll start with the bears. Uh, David Montgomery did not practice today has a knee and ankle issue He's been nursing. Matt Adams also did not practice along with Ryan Griffin, Jalen Johnson with a quad issue, Robert Quinn, who's battling an illness. Uh, Caitlin, how concerned are you? I have to ask you about David Montgomery. How concerned are you about him not playing this week? Um, Honestly, because Herbert is playing so well, mm-hmm. like obviously I want both of them out there because it just a dual threat is what I would prefer. 
but I can be okay with him missing this game because I have faith that Herbert can still just as successful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, motorcycle and injuries. <laughs> um, Apologies, Caitlin. Come no, on. <laughs> um, so I'm not as concerned with him missing a game because I believe in Herbert. I think the big name that we should be looking at for Bears is Jalen Johnson. He's our starting cornerback, and he's he has his he missed last week, so that that you know that hurt us a little bit. But the first two weeks, he wasn't getting targeted at all because he's so good at covering receivers. Um, and you know him potentially being out, it's going to be more focused on Kyler. So it you know Jalen possibly not playing is a big concern. And Hank, if you want, go through the Giants injury report here and tell us who you think is the uh, biggest concern for you. So obviously we have Cordell Flott, who did not play due to a calf injury. And I think you probably have an idea as to who I'm going to say for the Giants. I would say Leonard Williams did not practice due to a knee injury. And look, we already discussed this earlier at the beginning of the show. Leonard Williams was a massive loss for the Giants. And while I'm not saying a win against the Bears would be impossible without him, I think having him would definitely help. But, I mean, look, I'm not 100% optimistic in the chances of him playing because, like I said, for him to even miss one game when you consider how many games he's played over the course of his career, something bad had to have happened. And, then we got Nick McLeod, who did not play due to a hamstring. Same with Kadarius Tony, also did not practice. And Wandale Robinson. Are noticing a pattern here with some uh, wide receivers? Are they all hurt? That core is paper thin. And then we get to Aaron Robinson, member of our secondary. He had a limited practice due to an appendix play. issue. And then um, <laughs> Jalen. Jihad Ward also had limited practice due to a knee injury. And then Justin Lane had full practice, but that was because of concussion. Yeah. um, I want Aaron Robinson back so bad. I think Mm. this is a week that we need him back in addition to Leonard Williams. If we can get those two players back, that would be ideal for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam, anything you want to add here before we get into these game predictions? Um. Just the fact that Kadarius Tony is still not practicing, and it's like I just, just <laughs> that's the tea. That's well, the tea. Uh, uh, it's so ridiculous, but I won't like, go into it. Even, he's not even playing, but he's. I, I don't want to get canceled like Alex Wilson did. Um. True. <laughs> True that. Game prediction. So, Caitlin, before we get into this. I'm not sure if you heard, but the three of us will be at the game this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. First Giants game of the year. Um, We're all very excited to go. So we'll definitely uh, take take some pictures and whatnot. But I'll let you go first here. Who do you have winning this game? Obviously, I believe the line is Giants by three and a half. I don't know if that's still the line, but that's that's the last I saw as far as uh, yesterday. So. So. I do believe, you know, when I looked at the bear schedule going into the season, I was like, 
okay, Giants, that's a winnable game. So I think the Bears are going to win um, mm-hmm. based off of their defense, how great they've performed so far, our running game. I think we will probably finally get some big plays in the passing game with Justin Darnell Mooney, um, which will just add another element to this offense. Score-wise, I think it's going to be, with these two offenses, it'll probably be low-scoring still. So I'm going to say, like, 24 to 17 Bears. Yeah. So I'm actually, I've the past three weeks on this show, I've been picking the Giants, and I'm kind of feeling like if I pick the Bears and I'm at the game, maybe it'll be like a thing that it'll be opposite of. (laughs) Um, But I am going to go with the Bears only because of how terrible the Giants were last week. I feel like they might just need one more game to just kind of recoup. I've kind of lost that little bit of confidence I had in them last week. Um, So I am going to say the Bears are going to win. Uh, but it will be very, very close and very low scoring. I'm going 17-14 Bears. Oh, wow. Yeah. So interestingly enough, my pick with Sam is very similar. I also have this game going no higher than the teams. But how I have the Giants winning, I'm going to go 19-14. to 14. It's going to be a defensive struggle. Mm-hmm. 19. Interesting. So that would mean... Yeah, sometimes I like picking weird numbers for my scores. Yeah, that would mean a touchdown and four field goals. So you like Graham Gano to have that big of a week, huh? Well, the reason that I'm, I went with 19 was actually... It's funny. Usually when I pick these weird numbers, it's just like for the heck of yeah. it. But this time there's actually been some thought behind it. And yeah, Tom pretty much read my mind. I'm not like too high on who the Giants have offensively and... As I mentioned, the receiving core, paper thin, and that even includes an active Kenny Galladay who has the same amount of catches as you and me, as Alec Walt said. So, yeah, no. Do you honestly think I would be confident in our offense getting into the end zone too often? Heck no. And as far as Graham Gano goes, it's Mr. Automatic right there. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. His name isn't Justin Tucker, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so last week I picked Dallas and that happened to be correct. Um, week one, I picked Tennessee. That was incorrect. And I picked the giants in week two. Um, I'm also going to go with the giants like Hank this week, granted, because I'm at the game. Um, I want to see a win. I can't pick against my team when I'm at the game. I actually have the giants scoring a little bit this week. I think Barkley sets the tone. Um, I think it'll be a battle between Barkley and Herbert in the running game. You know, both running games have been outstanding, but I have the Giants winning 24 to 16. I do think the Giants find a way to score three touchdowns, but not three offensive touchdowns. I have one defensive touchdown for the Giants being scored this week. And I do think that the Bears might get off to an early three nothing, six nothing lead, and then the Giants come back. Also, I can't personally see us losing back to back home games. If this game was in Chicago, though, I'd probably be rolling with the Bears here. But that's how I feel about this one. Um, well, again, that makes sense because, like, if you look at the pattern for every time we've played each other, it's usually the home team that wins. We'll see. We'll see if that pattern continues or if it snaps. But, Caitlin, any final thoughts here before uh, we say goodbye for the evening? Um, you know, obviously appreciate having you on, and we'd love for you to plug in the Bear Down Girl podcast. 
Oh yeah, of course. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. Um, I'm going to be doing a preview episode. I think it's going to be dropping like Saturday morning. So Bears fans, you can listen that, listen to that, um, get ready for the week four game against the giants. Um, I generally drop a recap and a preview episode. So two episodes per week. Um, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter, bear down girl pod. Um, the podcast is on iTunes, um, Spotify, however you listen to your podcast. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I actually think we forgot to ask you one question that I'm going to ask you now. Um, <laughs> apologies for this. I know where this is going. Swipe one player from the giants to be any player, just <laughs> steal them from our team and put them on the bears. Who are you taking? Um, so <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah, kind of no one, but can, we need a wide receiver and Kenny Galladay doesn't seem to be doing anything for you guys. So maybe he can do something for us. <laughs> oh, t- please. Take him. <laughs> We're so desperate at this point for a wide receiver. We would take him off you guys. <laughs> okay. Please do. To sort of quote something that Stephen A. ranted about when he talked about the Knicks many years ago. Offer Kenny Galladay for a bag of cheese doodles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Caitlin, thank you so much for your time, for joining tonight. Appreciate it very much. And best of luck to you Sunday. Uh, look forward to uh, hopefully beating you guys, but we'll see, <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Caitlin. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. <laughs> All right, that was Caitlin Leaner of the Bear Down Girl podcast, and I, I think she might be a little more optimistic than Andy with 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 the Bears. I I think Andy would probably have a similar opinion to to her, but she does bring up some good points about Absolutely. how the blitz frequency of the Giants could potentially lead to Justin Fields getting some big plays through the air in this game and our weak secondary. You know, going up, uh, yeah, against a subpar um, offense, it could hurt us. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing I learned from this interview tonight is that non-Giants fans still, um, look, Daniel Jones has to earn his respect, right? I mean, he has the respect from us, but from other uh, fans of other teams, he he has to do better. He has to do better, you know? Um, I think – the Giants fan base that is critiquing Daniel Jones for Monday night's loss is a little toxic, in my opinion, um, especially when Brandon Jacobs came out and said, um, you know, this is one way you, you just can't blame him. I think literally Brandon Jacobs said he's not the problem. Uh, so I happen to agree with that. But again, he has to have a game this week where he controls the game and outplays Justin Fields, in my personal opinion. So. And I hope he does. Fingers crossed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Would be great. And we get to all be together for the very first time in our lives on Sunday. That's right. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm excited. Um, we're not going to reveal what section we're sitting in, folks. But if you want to meet up with us, hit us up on, on Twitter. We, we, we would love to meet up with you. Uh, you know, say hello. To put a name to the face. Uh, in person, that is. And. Uh, Hank, Sam, any final thoughts here before we sign off? Um, well, first, like I said, excited to head to the game this weekend. Um, 
just for the viewer's sake, I've personally never met Tom in person. I've met Hank at a Yankee game one time this past summer, but you know, it's going to be fun that Big Blue Avenue will also all be in one place uh, for the first time in history. Um, but otherwise, even though I picked the Bears, I'm still you know excited for the game. I'm optimistic. Love to see a good game being played. A lot of times, I feel like that's all we can really ask for is just putting it out all out on the field and leaving it all there. So. Um, that's all that we can really hope for, and and an entertaining game too. You know, we're spending money to go see it at this point. Yeah, it's not too often that I make the trip up to MetLife Stadium. In fact, well, it's got it's become more often like as I've gotten older. But now it's just I usually go like maybe once or twice a year. But nonetheless, I'm glad I picked picked this day just because it would be a good day to run into both you guys. And by the way, I'll tell you a fun fact. The Chicago bears are actually the first going to be the first opponent that I will have seen the giants play twice. The other game I saw them play happened to be in 2016 when Jay Cutler threw his final pass as a Chicago bear. That was Smoking an interesting Jay. You got to see Jay Cutler in real life. That's awesome. <laughs> 22 to 16. The giants won that game. And the weird part was, I remember I walked right into the stadium, right? When, Chicago scored their opening drive touchdown, but then the Giants scored right back. And fun fact, that was also the first time in NFL history where both teams scored opening drive touchdowns and missed the extra point. Wow. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Historian himself, Hank. Victor. <laughs> um, that was only the second time that I saw the Gi- saw the Giants get a win live. The other time, the first time was November of 2012 against the Saints. Where do you um, keep it, Hank? Folks, before we sign off tonight. Um, sorry, I had a little lag there on my end, but yeah, Hank has this weird uh, storage in his brain to collect all those info. <laughs> it's insane, but it's amazing. Um, before Thursday, before Thursday night football begins, folks, we do have a couple of announcements. The first one is this week we are honoring uh, one of the founders of Review and Preview. Well, not really founder, but a big piece of Review and Preview in Brian Marbach Jr., who sadly passed away around a year ago this time. September 24th, 2021. Uh, each host that's hosted a show on our platform this week, you know, has, has said some nice, encouraging words about him, um, even though almost none of our current members know or met Brian. We all know the impact that he had. Um, I know, uh, Sam, I, I probably don't meet you if it wasn't for Brian. Um, Very true. So, um you know, anything the two of you just uh, want to throw out there or anything? I know Brian's family, they're actually Packers fans, but Brian was a huge Giants fan in himself. And it was always fun doing the show with him. And he, he gave me a chance. He put a microphone in my hand and he hasn't been able to get it out of my hand since. So just I just want to thank him personally for everything that he's done for me as an individual as far as, you know, growth in this industry and a time I was living away from home, I didn't have any parents around in college. Brian served as somewhat of a father figure to me, you know, mm-hmm. so I can't thank him enough. Yeah. I mean, I obviously I've never, I've never had the privilege of meeting Brian, but um, you know, like you said, if it wasn't for him and, and for Tom to be involved in review and preview, we, none of us would be here right now. None of us would be having these shows and having a fun time and being able to meet one another. So it's um, it's really a butterfly effect that that is always for the better. Yeah, I would say there are two people that I feel are pretty much responsible for all of us being on the stream right now. 
One of them, of course, is my co-host at Game On, Johnny Montalbano, who founded Review and Preview. But, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say that the other would be Brian Marbach. And unlike Johnny Montalbano, who I still do shows with on a weekly basis, I sadly never had the pleasure of meeting Brian Marbach. But I, I will say this, though. Based on everything that Tom has told me through all the stories of when they worked together in years past, he is someone that I wish I would have had the good pleasure of working with and meeting. And he sounds like someone who had a very, very special impact on everyone he worked with. So, yeah, I, Tom, I think you pretty much said it best. Yeah. Um, love Brian and another, um, comment. Thank you both very much for those kind words, by the way, I just want to throw one more thing. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Florida right now with her going on. I know my parents live in Florida personally, and my little brother goes to school down there. Um, everyone's doing okay. I know we have some viewers from Florida as well. Actually some members, two of our members live in Florida currently. So, um, Garth and Albert, both both of them are doing okay. Garth more towards the uh, western Orlando area. Albert is more east of Orlando, so Albert got hit a little bit more harder than Garth. But um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the people dealing with Hurricane Ian um, at the moment. But Steve gets in here the last minute. Thank the rain, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's one Appreciate of my favorite it. movies. Actually, I love I love that comment. It's a great movie. But Thursday Night Football starts in about one minute, so we're going to sign off. Uh, Sam and Hank, thank you both so much for joining me here tonight. Um, On behalf of Sam and Hank, my name is Tom Scavetta. You've been watching Big Blue Avenue here on YouTube and Facebook Live. Have a good night, everybody. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.